your love. Thank you how wide and deep it is, Lord. Thank you that you're faithful to us every day, Lord. Thank you that even when we're so unlovely, you still love us, God. Lord, we would not be here without your love for us. And God, I ask that as we uh, get into our evening, that you would just speak to us, Lord, that your spirit would just move upon our hearts and uh, just stir us up for you, Jesus, as we talk about where we're at today in the world, where what's happening in the land of Israel, God. Lord, we just want to be mindful, be watchful, and be ready for your coming. So I ask that you just bless your word tonight, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, welcome you guys to our midweek Wednesday night, and we had our koinonia meal, hopefully that was good, everybody likes pizza, <laughs> especially pizza fresh too, and uh, Patrice, oh those, whatever you call those, that was like uh, amazing, um, sorry you guys online, missed it, too bad. I ate the last one. But <laughs> anyway, uh, usually on this last Wednesday every night, every month, excuse me, we do something different. Uh, we take a break from our study. We've been going through the book of Acts. And uh, sometimes we have interviews. Sometimes we have prayer meetings. Sometimes do worship. Um, uh, we've done a lot of interviews and stuff in the past. But tonight, as we announce Sunday, I thought I'd do a little prophecy update on what's going on in the Middle East, especially I know a lot of you guys have been asking me questions, and I've been kind of talking a little bit, you know, on these past Sundays too, but there were some things on my heart I thought, you know, we could talk about tonight and look into, and hopefully stir us up to really live for Jesus, you know, more than ever. Um, probably a lot of questions about, well, is this What's happening in Israel with Hamas is this, is this the, a, a prophecy being fulfilled? I, I'm going to be talking about that. Uh, I was noticing today, you guys might maybe following the news, how uh, Netanyahu addressed the nation, right? And um, there's a headline that said, um, quoting Netanyahu, the prime minister of Israel, uh, saying, We are in a war for our existence. So we understand, right, on October 8th, right after the 50th anniversary of Yom Kippur War, Israel declares war actually for the first time since that time in 1973. Why is that? Well, the day before, we know Saturday, October 7th, Hamas terrorists, uh, they launched 3,500 rockets into southern Israel, launched a ground, air, and sea attack where more than a 1,000 Israelis were killed, thousands injured, hundreds, right? I think there's 222 still uh, uh, held hostage. Uh, and they're all from different nations, too. It's not just, you know, Israelis that were in the kibbutz there in the southern part of Israel, uh, but included United States citizens, and, and, and they're, you know, they're, they're held captive still. And you got to understand, for Israel declaring war, it, it, this is huge. I mean, it's been 50 years, you know, uh, since they really declared war. There's been a lot of action, you know, <laughs> Hezbollah from the north or Hamas from the south. I mean, there's been a lot of stuff going on. 
uh, even Syria through the, the within those 50 years and and all but they really went straight to declaring war because you know for them what happened what Hamas did and the atrocities they 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 did the, all the the nationals there that were killed this was like their like 9/11 that's what it's like it's like their pearl harbor you know as it is for us in America so um, they, this is a huge thing for them. And they're kind of like done with this. You know, I think it was in 2014, they knew where the leaders were hiding out and everything, and they were going to go in. They were going to just wipe them out then. But they decided for safety, for their soldiers, and even, you know, the Palestinians over there, that they decided, you know what, let's beef up our Iron Dome, which is their missile defense system. So when the rockets come over, um, their defense system there stops almost all the rockets there that come over from Hamas. But they thought, well, let's focus in on that. But today now, I, I heard, you know, some of them saying, no, you know what, we should have done something. Because, uh, you know, by not doing that, so many people died, you know, on October 7th. So, um, so they're, they're pretty serious about that. I, I've been reading and hearing a lot of uh, Israelis are going back to Israel. Planes are full. A lot of them are, are, are stepping in to the IDF, the Israel, Israeli Defense Force. Um, um, they say there's like 100,000 soldiers to the north you know, of Lebanon, 100,000 on the south, Gaza, and, and even to the east, another 100,000. I think they boast about 400,000 uh, military that they have. So um, this is huge. There's a, a lot of stuff going on. And even with all this, Hamas is still, as we're reading in the news, shooting off rockets, you know, thousands, hundreds of them, I should say. And even, I think it was, yes, was it yesterday, even as far into Israel, not just the southern, but the Tel Aviv, or, you know, they're catching some too over there. So um, this is just crazy things, you know, going on in our world today. So with this, you might be thinking, I know we're in Hawaii and kind of far away, but still we think about the world, the news, what's going on, you know, over there. You might be thinking maybe, and this is my first thought tonight, is what's going to happen next? What's going to happen? You know, Pastor Rick, well, what, 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 what's in the future? Well, don't ask me. I don't know the future. No. <laughs> but the thing is, we know Israel's preparing for a ground invasion, right? We, we've been hearing that. There's delay. Um, the, our U.S. president went over and saying, well, why don't you wait? You know, we want to get hostages out and all that. I was just telling Stephen that, well, I think that's a, that's a good strategy because Hamas doesn't know when, you know. Though I feel like uh, what I'm hearing a lot of the Israelis are like, come on already, it's been 19 days, you know. Um, so uh, it's probably going to happen pretty soon. So we know that is in preparation right now in store. Uh, interesting when all this happened in October 7, a, a lot of nations were chiming in, right, in support, and there was those against. We saw, of course, the United States. Yay, he was not, United States. I'm a little, I was a little bit worried about that with our leadership, but good job. You know, President Biden flew over there. We're all in there. We're, we're helping them, you know, with support and money and arms and everything like that to Germany. Chimed in in support, Italy, Britain, India, 
Uh, yesterday, uh, Emmanuel Macron from France came over too uh, to visit, and so I met with Netanyahu to visit and support. So a lot of nations are all, you know, coming and supporting Israel, uh, but other countries are not so friendly, right? They're voicing like, you know, no, you know, they're with Hamas, they, you know, they don't like Israel. Cuba, Pakistan, Syria, of course, Lebanon, um, uh, really the Hezbollah there, and of course, Iran. And with Iran, you know, almost everyone knows and feels that Iran's been supplying all these arms and everything to Hamas, to Hezbollah. They're the terrorist group in the north, northern Israel, in Lebanon. And we know there's been some rocket shot from them, right? So everyone knows, well, this is Iran. Iran's behind all that. Interesting, Russia, who is aligned with Iran and who, you know, in recent years, right, they have boots on the ground in the Middle East. I've never seen that. And that really says a lot. Uh, we're gonna, I'm going to talk a little bit about Ezekiel 38. But that, that just, to me, I thought, whoa, we're, we're even another step closer when Russia was actually boots on the ground in the Middle East and Syria. Well, Russia, aligned with, which is aligned with Iran, stopped short of condemning Hamas and just said it, quote-unquote, extremely concerned. They're in a delicate place here. You know, they already have the Ukraine stuff going on, and, and they're just trying to, you know, wade through these waters here and everything. And um, it, it sure seems like, though, if, if you see all this, the ones in support, ones against, that uh, nations are, are converging, you know, right? Our United States uh, sent two aircraft carriers, you know, some, uh, some of the largest in the world. Uh, they sent missile defense systems. Um, did you know uh, the, the U.S. have flown over uh, some B-1 stealth bombers to the U.K. to be ready? So, I mean, there, this is huge things, you know. Every day there's loads of uh, plane, uh, plane loads of, you know, landing in Israel with ammunition and, and arms and everything like that. Uh, the U.S. troops are on alert. They're preparing to deploy. Um, so I know some are there, you know. There, there's some there, some uh, Iraq, right? And uh, there's even, I didn't know, there's little contingent in, in Syria, too. Australia is, is already deploying planes and troops and all. China sent six warships to the region. So it, it's kind of like, whoa, what, what is going to happen next? You know? And if you, you're following all this, you kind of think, wow, what, you know, what, what, what's going to happen? And so for some people, the first question is this, what's going to happen next? Is this Armageddon? Is, is this Armageddon coming together? Is this the end of the world? Well, let me give you the answer to that. No, it's not Armageddon. It's not the end of the world. We know at the end of the world, Jesus returns, right? Jesus comes back at the end, and it's after what? The tribulation, the seven years tribulation, the 70th week of Daniel, the prophecy, when God begins to deal with Israel again. That hasn't happened yet. <laughs> so it's not Armageddon. Now, just to give you a little idea of a timeline, uh, what I believe what the Bible talks about as far as end times, uh, we have the Ezekiel 38 prophecy where 
uh, Gog and Magog, uh, Russia, we believe, is leads uh, Persia, Iran, and Turkey, and some other uh, Muslim nations in alliance. They come and attack Israel, and then God rescues them. And that, to me, is the beginning. That's going to start the seven years of tribulation. And when the seven years of tribulation start, that, then the Antichrist is going to rise in that. And the whole story with the Antichrist is going to rise. Um, at the end of the seven years, the nations will converge again, Russia, China, to the Antichrist and his forces. They're going to converge in the, what is called the Valley of Megiddo. I've been to Israel, and I've stood there looking into this valley. It's all farm fields when we look. And, and that's where that famous battle of Armageddon is going to happen. They're going to converge to fight each other. Uh, really, the Antichrist. They're going to fight, and then Christ comes. They're going to turn to fight him, and Christ, with the word of his mouth, the sword in his mouth, just, psh, that's it. Not a, you know, battle's over and everything. And so Jesus returns in glory at the end of the tribulation. So what's happening today is not the end of the world there. It's, Armageddon isn't happening. In, happen yet, you know. Ezekiel 38, and we'll talk about that in a moment, hasn't happened. No tribulation yet. There's no Antichrist, right, that has risen up as a world leader taking over everything. Uh, the world economy takes over, uh, takes over religion, all that. It has not happened. Uh, plus, the, the rapture hasn't happened. We wouldn't be here, right? <laughs> I think before all this, I believe the rapture is going to happen. I believe before the attack on Israel, the rapture is going to happen. So maybe you're saying, okay, well, what can happen next? It's this, is this Armageddon? No, it's not the end of the world in that sense. But how about this? Maybe you're asking, will the Israeli war with Hamas lead to like a World War III? Does, does the Bible say anything about that? Well, I would, for me, this is not. World War III, and I don't believe there's going to be some World War III in this sense that there's some nuclear holocaust going on. You know, Russia starts in it, U.S. starts in it, and the whole world is destroyed in this nuclear holocaust. I, I don't see that in the Bible. So I don't believe that that's, that's going to happen here. Um, and again, we're not in tribulation. We're not in all that Armageddon, you know, the apocalypse some people talk about. So, so be clear that I, I don't think this is going to lead to like this whole World War III, all the nations fighting. We know, I uh, mentioned this the other day, that Jesus said in Mark thirteen seven, and when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is not yet. So there's going to be wars. There's going to be rumors of wars. There's going to be hostilities and things going on. But Jesus said, no, not yet. And in our eschatology, our study of end times, uh, what I've taught you guys in our studies in Revelation, Daniel, on and on, I mean, we understand that these things that I mentioned in this timeline, they got to happen, right, before uh, the end of the world really happens. So, What's going to happen next? Well, it's not Armageddon. It's not like World War III. But maybe you're thinking, whoa, this is pretty crazy for Israel. I mean, this little nation, right? 
and, and these countries starting to attack and all this. Will this be the end of Israel? Will, will, will the hostile nations really get their way? And sometimes we may think that, you know. Um, well, is that going to be the end of Israel? What does God have in plan? Well, the answer is no. They're not going to get their way. Israel will survive. Bottom line, no matter what happens, Israel will survive. Israel will go on. Because God is not done with Israel. He is not done. We know in the prophecies, we know, Paul said in Romans, Israel will be saved. We know in Revelation that there's going to be 144,000 Israeli missionaries. They're, they're named, yeah, that they come from these tribes. They're going to go and witness. We know God is going to rescue Israel, hide them out when the Antichrist tries to go after them. We know there's going to be two witnesses in Israel, right, sharing Christ. So Israel's going to be uh, saved. We know in Ezekiel 36 that Ezekiel will return to the land. Ezekiel 37, Ezekiel's re, um, Israel is reborn as a nation, right? The bones, you know, come alive in the flesh and everything. It's really a symbol of the nation. In Ezekiel 36, 24, it says, I will take you from the nations and gather you from all the countries and bring you into your own land. That's one of some other prophecies in the Old Testament that speak of Israel coming and returning to the land. And this prophecy, those prophecies were fulfilled May 14, 1948. A miracle happened. I mean, never before. Think about this. A nation, a people group, a race, so to speak, with their own language, their own writing, that had been dispersed all over, that, that could have, that race could have intermarried and everything and just died away, like many have, right? But they have come, God has brought them together and made them a sovereign nation. That's, that's really never happened. That's only God who could do that. That's fulfilling the, the, the scriptures and prophecies like in Ezekiel 36. And so God put that nation together because he has a plan. And no matter what happens, no matter what we see in this war or in the future, you know what? Israel won't be defeated, not like before. The country won't be pulled, you know, decimated. I mean, when Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians came and, 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 and uh, took over, you know, Jerusalem, the whole country, that was the end of the nation until, you know what, May 14, 1948. And that was a miracle. That's God fulfilling. And so we, we see that in the Bible, Israel's going to, Survive. So that's not going to be the end. No matter what happens, Israel will survive this. I kind of think that, and, and I'll, um, uh, I'll, I'll say more in, in a moment, but I think they are going to go in, and I think they're going to get rid of Hamas completely. I think that um, when they go in, they finally get, get you know, them all weeded out and everything, then there's going to be some peace for now. Now, now I'll look at. I'll explain that in a moment. So, what's going to happen next? Well, Israel's going to survive. It's not Armageddon. I don't think it'll be World War Three and all that. Um, but then we come to that question. Then is Bible prophecy being fulfilled with this particular war? 
Israel declared war on Hamas. Uh, the, 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 uh, everything that we've been seeing in these past weeks. Well, I believe there is no direct scripture that speaks of this war with Hamas. I don't, there's, there's nothing there. Uh, nothing in this, you know, their ground assault and all this. I, I don't see anything with that. And if you think about it, this is not the first time Israel has been to war, right? I mentioned 1973, 1967. Uh, uh, you know, they've been surrounded by hostile uh, uh, nations before. They faced rockets. I mean, this isn't the first time Hamas has, has shot rockets in there, right? We hear that plenty of times. In 2012, our church in uh, Calvary, uh, Honolulu, we took a trip to Israel together. And, and we first, because in Hawaii, we live Hawaii, uh, we, we got a flight to L.A., we spent the night there, and then we went on, to, you know, to, to uh, I forget, we stopped somewhere else on the East Coast, and then we went, you know, straight over to Israel. So it was like almost 20, 24 hours of traveling, if you put it all together. But... Um, I remember in 2012, we flew to L.A., and the plan was to stay overnight in a hotel and then fly out the next morning. Well, the, well it was sometime like that morning, I think, we're getting news that Hamas is shooting rockets, you know, uh, from Gaza, just like now, hundreds and hundreds of rockets. And, and so everyone's like, whoa, is it safe to go, <laughs> you know? I, I mean, this, we're on our way. We, we made this first leg of the trip. And um, I remember Pastor Bill Stonebreaker there in Calvary, Honolulu, talked to the tour company and our, our, our tour leader. And he actually got on the phone, he put him on speakerphone and told every he reassured everybody, it's okay. Everything is okay. It's, a, it's down to the south. And um, where we're going, it'll be more, you know, central, middle, or, or northern uh, Israel. And, you know, at the whole trip, we were fine. There's a couple people, they... They were very scared, so they decided, no, we're going to go back home to Maui. But, but we went on, everything was great. You know, was, maybe some people don't think it's awesome, but it was awesome for me. So we land in Tel Aviv, we finally get to Tel Aviv, and we spend one night there before we go on to um, uh, Sea of Galilee, and we stayed there um, for our northern part of the trip. But anyway, uh, you know, we just flew in, we come in, and, and we go, uh, Chris and I, we go up to our room, get ready, dinner is going to be served in a little bit. So I go, we, we walk into our room, walk right into our room, and uh, um, I, I, I go right on the balcony, right? I just want to see, oh, Tel Aviv, yeah. And that's, that's, this is our second time to Israel. And go, Tel Aviv, I'm just looking around, and all of a sudden I see this light go, and then another light go, and mean it go, I was like, I saw a rocket, and I saw the Iron Dome, you know, uh, hit, the, hit the missile. I was like, that was so cool. <laughs> I mean, just to see it, right? Where's more? And I just, yeah. But, but I actually, you know, saw that happening. So anyway, I'm just saying, this isn't the first time that things have escalated, though this is very bad. This is very bad. So you might be thinking, well, how about Ezekiel 38, you know, um, isn't it like part of that? Is it, isn't that maybe, is this what's happening? And I have to tell you, as I said earlier, no. Ezekiel 38 really talks about Gog, Magog, or Russia heading up, leading Iran, Turkey, Libya, Sudan, some other Muslim nations 
on an all-out attack on Israel. But we know in the prophecy that God miraculously saves them. Now, for me, I, I put that right. That happens and then the tribulation starts. You know why? I believe that miraculous, like, like they're, they're, they're going down for sure. But God comes in, intervenes in a huge, like, Old Testament way, right? And saves Israel. I think it's going to be a reawakening for the nation, the whole nation, to really go after God. And I, I, I believe the whole nation, which God is now dealing in a huge way directly with Israel once again, which is what we see in Daniel's prophecy of the 70 weeks. Where 69 weeks are done. The Messiah has been prophesied there, his death, everything. So there's one more week, meaning seven more years left in this clock in this dealing this period of time that god deals with israel and so the clock has been like stopped like that you know like a stopwatch just stop and from from the death of christ and the resurrection the clock for israel has been stopped because this is the time of the church this is a time of god dealing with the church and so once the rapture happens the attack comes, God saves them, God goes, the clock starts up again. The church is, is in heaven now. Now God is focusing on Israel, and they're going to come to Jesus Christ. So with that in mind, so all these nations, uh, you know, Russia leading, that, that's not what we see here, you know, right now. We, we, we're not uh, seeing Russia lead this. We see you know, Hamas taking this first step and other, they've been calling proxies, right? This is a proxy war of Iran because Iran's kind of behind them and, they're, you know, they're, they're like, hey, dude, you guys go, you got, you know, kind of thing. It's, it's interesting. I, I, I heard that um, Iran was actually plotting to all attack Israel like um, uh, Iran and and Hezbollah, the, the terrorists in the north, and Lebanon, Syria, Iran, and the Hamas, that they were planning to all attack at the same time. But Hamas jumped the gun. Now, maybe they wanted the glory. I don't know. You know so so, so they, they kind of jumped the gun. They, they jumped in, and they, they started shooting rockets and did that all-out attack, right? Uh, land, sea, air, uh, and with the rockets and everything. So it's not Ezekiel 38. It's not exactly that. Russia is still kind of holding back a little bit, though they're, they're in alliance with them. Uh, when it happens, they're going to be the head guys. They're going to lead them all. They're, it's it's going to be an all-out effort with, with everybody. But with that said, what's happening today, right now, it could lead up to Ezekiel 38. What's happening now could be setting up that time, right? Some of the alliances, they're there, but but think about if Hamas is defeated, how much more angry these nations will be. And it might tighten their alliances even more. And I think it's setting it up. I, I, I think it's really getting things ready 
for that to happen. I mean, if Iran was already plotting this and it, it didn't work out, Hamas kind of jumped ship here. I mean, Iran, I don't think they really like them anyway, you know. Um, so if they're gone, they're gone, but they're going to regroup. They're going to be thinking. So I think it, it's setting it up for what we read in Ezekiel 38. And here's another thing. In Ezekiel 38, verse 11, let me read this to you. It says, I will go up against the land of unwalled villages. I will fall upon the quiet people who dwell securely, all of them dwelling without walls and having no bars or gates. So this is talking about these these nations coming in, and they're going to go against Israel, who has no walls. They dwell securely. In other words, they're at peace. It's like, we're okay now. So that's where I think that if the southern border in Gaza, yeah, uh, they go in and they weed out the Hamas, they're done. And then perhaps the Palestinians left there will actually, okay, we give in and there's peace and they're not going to make, you know, hoo-hoo anymore. And, and the other nations, you know, maybe even um, Hezbollah and Syria, they're, they're going to like back off. Because whole Israel is is serious here, so that might bring this sense of, wow, we got it, Israel. You know, Israel's like, we got it. Everything's good, though it seems, because in this prophecy, it seems Israel is is uh, at peace in that sense. We're okay, you know. Maybe letting guard down like that. So it could be Israel's completely successful with their ground war, weeding the, the Hamas out. Palestinians start to comply with Israel. It could be Israel will be looked upon as so strong. Yeah, Iran and their proxies going to just pull back, not do anything, but they're going to secretly regroup then with Russia. They're going to secretly regroup. So this war with Israel and Hamas is not the fulfillment of Ezekiel 38. But it could be a preparation heading into that. You know, it's interesting, the president of Turkey, uh, Erdogan, rebuked Israel, saying that Israel is ruthlessly targeting Palestinians and violating human rights. They've been real nice, nice with Russia. You know, they trade in, got ballistic missiles, uh, strengthening their alliances, and and it's interesting, and I've been saying this in the past years, that Turkey's really moved away from the West, you know, into this alliance here. And so there's things happening behind the scenes. I guess that's what I'm trying to say here. And so that's how I, I see it. it. It really, this could be this stepping stone, this preparation that needs to happen in order for Russia to grab everybody and go. So that's something to watch and think about. So with that, though, some people, or you may ask, is Bible prophecy being fulfilled with this war in regards to the prayer in Psalm 83? Why don't you turn there? Psalm 83. It's a, it's, it's a really good psalm. Um, years ago, we had... Uh, uh, study, you know, gone, study the book of Psalms and all. And uh, it, it really is, um, the background here is really Second Chronicles 20, 
Jehoshaphat, King Jehoshaphat was surrounded by Amalekites, Moabites, all these guys, yeah, and they're going to be attacked. Well, this psalm is, is, this song is like a prayer, really, to the Lord. But it sure seems to parallel like things that are going on now. So um, some feel like, well, this, this is Psalm 83, this is what we're seeing. But I, I would say this psalm, it, it, it kind of goes with a lot of things because Israel has been surrounded so many times, you know, and attacked. But I want you to look at it. Psalm 83, verse 1, it says, O God, do not keep silent. Do not hold your peace or be still, O God. For behold, your enemies make an uproar. Those who hate you have raised their heads. They lay crafty plans against your people. They consult together against your treasured ones. Stop right there. Isn't that interesting? They, they're coming together. You know, historically, again, the background is believed to be uh, when Jehoshaphat was surrounded in Second Chronicles 20. And so this prayer goes out. Asaph, you know, writes this song and all. But, wow, crafty plans. Well, that, doesn't that sound like that? I mean, I, I mean it, it seems like that, that's happening, you know, now. I mean, I don't know if you saw just, was it today or yesterday? Um, or was that? Maybe I'll put it in later. But um, the heads of Hamas, Hezbollah, and the Palestinian Jihad, Islamic Jihad group, another terrorist group, they were having a meeting in Beirut, in Lebanon, and they're plotting victory. That's, that's what the headline said. They're, they're planning victory in Gaza. So crafty plans, you know. If Iran was already planning something, crafty plans coming together. I mean, it just sounds like it. Against your people, Israel, verse 3, they consult together against your treasured ones. And then verse 4, they say, Come, let us wipe them out as a nation. Let the name of Israel be remembered no more. I mean, that, to me, that's like, whoa, you know, how many, isn't that what we hear? Isn't that what the rhetoric is? Now, this, like, hatred for the Jews, this wanting to destroy them, I mean, it, it, it's been around for a while. Um, I mean, it happened in Second, Second Chron- Chronicles 20, the bra- background to this psalm. Um, many say Psalm 83 is already fulfilled. That it was, it happened in 1967. Uh, again, Egypt, Syria, Lebanon, Iraq, Jordan attacked Israel to destroy them. But God saved her. Uh, did you know, even in May 1948, May 14th, uh, the United States, the world, the UN recognizes Israel as a sovereign nation. Well, uh, that was May 14, 1948. On May 15th, all the Arab nations came against her. And they won and got more land. Each time they have a battle, they end up getting more and more, more land, right? Uh, uh, maybe it was, you know, some people might even think, well, Psalm 83 was fulfilled on Yom Kippur in 1973 when, when uh, Egypt attacked from the south, Syria from from the east, it was a total surprise attack. It was a national holiday. They had sparse troops all over, you know, guarding, and, and they knew. They knew that. So that's when they attacked. Everyone was, you know, uh, worshiping God in, in that sense. I remember um, on our first trip to Israel, we were on the Golan Heights. 
in northern Israel, on the east border, you, you could stand there, look on this uh, kind of like a big hill, mountain, you know, high. You could look down and, and you see Syria. You, you, you could see Damascus in the distance. And I remember a tour guide telling us the story on that, during that war. In 1973, when Syria was coming over, there's all these tanks you know, going to take the Golan Heights and attacking Israel. And uh, because of the holiday, there's only one tank guarding the Golan Heights. And he radios in, but it took a while for reinforcements to come. Well, this one tank was able to shoot, come back down, go over, shoot, come back down, go over, shoot, come back, and hold them off until the reinforcements came. And our tour guide was saying that it was God who who did that, who saved him. There's no way that would have happened. So it, it could have been, you know, Psalm 83, maybe, maybe it's, it's something, you know, uh, with that. So, I don't know, it, it's based off when um, Second Chronicles 20, King Jehoshaphat was surrounded. It's, um, maybe it's the 1967 war, 1973 um, some people say, well, this is even Ezekiel 38. Maybe it's a prayer for that time. Maybe. Maybe it's a general prayer. We know in Scripture sometimes there's, there's prophecy that is for, you know, a current time, but it also ties to a future. So many prophecies are like that. Um, so it could be something like that. So Psalm 83, I have to tell you, some people say, no, it's already been fulfilled, but some people say, no, that, this is like today. And I would say, yeah, it's like today. Maybe it's a prayer for every time Israel is surrounded and attacked. And it just looks like this. I mean, what we're reading here is, whoa. And then there's a list of nations. We're not going to go through that tonight. Um, and you can get into the areas and everything and get real technical about that. And so which war, which battle it is. But the one thing that I really love about this psalm is at the end. Look at verse 17 and 18. Let them be put to shame, dismayed forever. Let them perish in disgrace. Why? That they may know that you alone, whose name is the Lord, are the most high over all the earth. Amen, right? God is the Most High. He's the Almighty God. He's not done with Israel. Israel's the apple of His eye. Yeah. God has a plan. God's going to protect them. And so no matter what happens, I mean, you know, all, whatever nations, whatever scenario Psalm 83 is about, and, and it seems to describe, uh, beginning to describe today, God is still there. He is the Almighty. His name is Most High. Now, <clears throat> with this, though, there is one thing I like to put out there that is being fulfilled in this psalm. And if you go back to verse 4, where they say, Come, let us wipe them out as a nation. Let the name of Israel be remembered no more. So, again, I mentioned that, right? Uh, we've been hearing that rhetoric, I mean, through the years. Iran, big time, big time. You know, we want to wipe Israel off the map. That's what they say, right? Just the other day, um, <clears throat> this resurfaced. 
this is from 2022 when Muhammad al-Zahar, he's the commander of Hamas, this resurfaced in, in an article because of what's going on. He said this, Israel is only the first target. The entire planet will be under our law. There will be no more Jews or Christian traders. Crazy. Yeah. That, that's their effort. And if you think about it, they, that's their goal. They want to wipe off, you know, wipe out Israel. And what? Um, U.S. is the great Satan and Israel is the little Satan, right? So they're in this holy war. They have, this is, you know, what they have to do. Uh, so if you think about it, Hamas is not interested in peace. Right, the mindset of the world or the UN is, oh, let's have a two-state solution. Oh, let's just get together. Let's talk about it. And, and Hamas will play around with that, you know. Uh, Hamas will try and, and get sympathy, you know. Um, oh, we, we didn't shoot that missile that hit the hospital. That was Israel. But now there's proof, right, that it was their own failed rocket that hit their own hospital. And, but they like to play that. Right? They like to play that narrative and, oh, poor us. And then the world says, yeah, we, poor you guys. We've we got to have peace and all that. But that's not their goal. Right? Their goal, Iran, Hezbollah, Hamas, they just want to get rid of Israel altogether. They just want that land for themselves. You know, in 2005, the prime minister of Israel pulled out their soldiers out of Gaza, pulled out the Israeli civilians out of the Gaza Strip. And you know what? As a, a, an act of, of, like, I would say, love or mercy and, and compassion, gave that over to the Palestinians. That's what, they, that's what Israel's done. West Bank, too. Same thing. I mean, they, they won all the land and all the battles. But they, no, I'll tell you what. Yeah, just think it. But that wasn't enough, right? Never was. And never will be. They want to just get rid of, yeah, Israel altogether. So you might be asking, look, why is there so much animosity here? Why is there so much hostility and hatred? Why, why here, verse 4, come, let us wipe them out as a nation. You know, why so much hatred? Well, we know when we study Revelation 12, right? That really explained a lot of, about spiritual warfare, Satan, the Antichrist, every, you know, when we study that. But basically, we saw since the beginning of history, you know, Satan has been after Israel. Why? Because the Messiah was prophesied to come out of Israel. The Messiah was, of, was to be born of Jewish descent. So Satan targeted that people, God's chosen, that he chose to bring the light, to bring the Messiah, right, to the world. And because Satan knew that in the prophecy in Genesis 3.15, remember, um, uh, it will, what was that, um, uh, bruise, um, the Messiah will come, but he'll bruise your heel, or, I, I, or, or, or he'll bruise your heel, but he'll bruise his head. I was thinking, he'll stomp his head. That's what it is, right? He's going to stomp his head. So Satan was 
always against the nation, trying to stop them, rather trying to corrupt them, right? The kings and the nation, uh, tempting them, drawing them away with idols, you know, and, and pagan worship practices, drawing them away from God. Or, as we know, out and out, out and out, you know, wanting to destroy the people, kill the people, like Egypt, right? Uh, uh, Pharaoh goes out to try and kill the whole nation. Or Haman, right? Haman in the book of Esther, right? Put out that law that on a certain day, everybody can go and kill the Jews. Isn't that crazy? Did you hear October 13th was Jihad Day, right? And there was some incidences and unrest still going on, right? Right? Targeting Jews, not just Israel, but all over the world. It's that same thinking. And we know what happened with Nazis, right? And, and during the World War II, the Holocaust, when, you know, millions of Jews, you know, died, you know, there. So we see there's this hatred still there. Why is that? Because underneath it all is Satan's influence and his push. That's what I see. That's what I believe. It's, it's been there. And, and, and we, it's kind of crazy to me, like Jared and my son, where um, he'd share some stuff when this first happened, and we're like, isn't that crazy? I mean, all around the world, there's support for Palestinians, for the Hamas, New York, Berlin, Los, An- Los Angeles. There's uprisings, right? Protests. Mexico City, Mumbai, Paris, Washington, D.C., Australia. In London, 100,000 people came out in support with, for the Hamas. Now, this is after, right? Reports come out from October 7th of just the brutality of these terrorists, right? Going house to house, killing families, burning them in their house, you know? Just unmentionable things, babies being beheaded, right? Just unmentionable things going on, women being raped. I mean, just over, I just heard stuff just, just I don't even want to repeat. It's so gross. It's so, so, I, it goes beyond, yeah? Uh, some of the guys I hear, you know, uh, Jewish guys I hear, listen to, they're like, you know, Israel's not perfect either, but this goes beyond. This goes beyond. Matter of fact, um, Joe Rosenberg uh, talking about this. He was talking about how children were murdered in front of their mothers and, and, and um, um, th- uh, their, their mothers were shot in front of the children, things like that. All He went on and on. And then he said this, And it's just off the charts, in other words, what they're doing. And I quote, he said, demonic, satanic. It's got everyone just in shock, grieving, and of course, angry. And I've been hearing that a lot. Um, Some of the the Christian um, Messianic Jew guys saying, you know, this is demonic. This is satanic to go that, that far. And so for me, it's like, yeah, who's underneath it really? You know, who's influencing it? So if there's anything in Psalm 83, I, I could say in verse 4, where the nations are saying, let us wipe them out, it's, it's being fulfilled. It's, it's today. It's demonic. It, it's satanic. So last thing, what should we as believers be doing now? What should we be doing then? You know? And I just want to close up with this. and Just three things. One, of course, is stay in prayer. Yeah? 
We got to pray, as the Bible says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem, pray for that country, pray for the leadership in that country, pray for, for the leadership in Hamas and Hezbollah and Iran too. I mean, they need Jesus, right? And God could do miracles, yeah? Pray for the people who are impacted, yeah? The, the families who lost their loved ones, both sides, really, yeah? And, and, and pray for salvation, yeah? I was just talking to um, Pastor Ron Brav, you know, he's Jewish, and um, <clears throat> Calvary Chapel Hilo, uh, he came the other day and spoke, but my friend, and he was saying, yeah, he, he, um, um, he has some friends that they've been trying to help minister to the IDF soldiers. Uh, just, just go give them food or give them things, because there's so many, you know, coming in that they need things and stuff, they're preparing, and They've been going out, just helping them out. And, but through that, they've been able to share Jesus, and many of them have been coming to the Lord. So pray, pray, you know, pray, pray in that aspect. Um, it's these horrible times, though, that, you know, that it's not, though it's not, you know, great, God can turn it right for His good and glory by bringing people to Christ. So stay in prayer. Secondly, I would say stay on watch. Stay on watch. Jesus said in Mark 13, 23, Be on guard. I have told you all things beforehand. He, we've studied the Bible. We've studied prophecy. We, 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 we get the timeline. We understand what's going on. So, you know, let's be on guard. Let's be watchful of these things going on in prayer. But what I mean, knowing the times and season we live in, then let's live like he's coming back soon. That's how we got to live. That's being watchful, being prayerful, and be doing what God has set us to do here on this earth. The clock's running out, you know. Time is short. And so we need to get our lives together. We got to stop fooling around or thinking this is all, all it is. But we need to be living like Jesus is coming soon. And as we mentioned Sunday, look for Jesus in your heart, you know, in anticipation. And then lastly, so stay in prayer, stay on watch, and lastly, stay to sharing Jesus. And that's part of it, right? D.L. Moody, the great evangelist um, in the early century or late 1800s, early century, anyway, around then, he was a great American evangelist before Billy Graham. He said this, I never preach a sermon without thinking that possibly the Lord may come before I preach another. I like that thought. Yeah? Yeah. So let's live like Jesus is going to come tomorrow. Well, no matter what it may look like or what's going to happen, no matter what, you know what, no matter what Hamas or, or Iran may say, they do not determine the destiny of Israel. The Word of God does. Amen? Amen? And so it is for you and I in our future. I want to, um, we're going to close with a, a time of prayer. I'll pray. But I want, we have, well, we got like 10 minutes or so. I want to just have an open prayer time for us. And, and just, let's pray for Israel. Let's pray for what we prayed about. Let's pray for our own lives. Let's pray for our, our loved ones who have not come to Jesus Christ yet. 
for those we know, those we work with. You know, we, we need to be in prayer. And so I like us as a body of Christ and as a people of God uh, that we pray. And so when you pray, pray loud so we can agree with you. And, um, but let's be fervent in our prayers, passionate about that. And um, don't be scared of, of not voicing your prayer. Well, no one's here like judging you. Well, that was about a two, you know. Oh, that one was an eight. No, don't even think about that. Yeah, We're talking to God, not to each other, right? Yes. Um, so you say you've been to Israel five. Uh-huh. Would you say that all the Jews know Jesus Christ as their Savior? No. 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 So if that was the case, and they have been being so treated poorly for yes. so long, wouldn't somebody put together the fact that they might need a little Jesus? Yeah, and I and some do. Yeah, yeah, some do. But, but not the nation as a whole. So like, like us, like anybody in the world, we, we have different interests or we're drawn away, you know, with the worldly things and like that. And uh, this is, yeah, their nation, the race and, and all that. They know the history and that's strong. But um, I believe what's coming is when God saves them in Ezekiel 38, that that's going to be a reawakening toward God. Now, does... Well, yeah, the, the whole nation will. Yeah, there'll be a, a reawakening where there'll be a desire to want to sacrifice, to get into their rituals. And that's where um, uh, the Antichrist, I believe, will broker a deal to really bring peace by being able to build a, a, a temple, a Jewish temple, a rebuilt, we call it rebuilt temple, on, on the Temple Mount next to the Dome of the Rock. And so... Um, um, I, I believe that coincides with this reawakening where God is dealing with Israel. Now, it doesn't mean that they're all going to get saved and know Jesus. It's a start. But who do they, they think Jesus is? The nation? They, well, uh, uh, some of them don't even, you know, follow God or anything. Uh, the Orthodox no, Jews, are, are, they don't see Jesus as the Messiah. Yeah, uh, it's more like, oh, no, you guys are wrong. So they, As Christians, we we understand, recognize, and perceive yeah. who he is. Yeah. And that's wouldn't I, I guess I'm just trying to put together this equation how that doesn't equal maybe Jesus. <laughs> well, so they start seeking God, right? And that that heads them toward God. Then during that time, right, God raises up the hundred forty four thousand. They're missionaries. They go out, Jews themselves. Start witnessing, sharing Christ. Then the two witnesses appear on the scene. And I believe they are Moses and Elijah. Scripture doesn't specifically say who they are, but what they do seems to speak of that. And if you think about, for the Jew, Moses is the greatest prophet. I'm, right, uh, right? And then we have uh, Elijah, you know, uh, or Moses is the leader, greatest leader, and then we have the greatest prophet, Elijah. If you think about it, they come on the scene. They do miracles. No one can stop them. Antichrist can't stop them. So Their miracles they do is so similar to the Old Testament. Oh, they're back. But they're talking about Jesus. So I, I think with that and, and God moving in their hearts, it's going to start opening their hearts up. 
That's how I see the progression. But I understand your question. Yeah. Just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like anybody, right? I mean, we pray for our loved ones that they don't believe in God, yet we pray for them, and little by little, or things happen, God works in their life, opens their heart and mind. Yeah. Years old, my yeah. Never had yeah. God keeps yeah. Knocking at the door. Yes. Yeah. And so I, I think a lot of them do, you know. And there's the orthodox set too, but then there's the, the other set. Yes, yeah. Absolutely. But, but there's a as a uh, generally as a nation, it's not like oh we're all for God. Yeah. That I guess that's what I'm trying to say yes. too. Yeah. Thank yeah. You. Yeah. No problem. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for. Um, just being able to talk about these things. And thank you for even Psalm 83 kind of helping us uh, sort through, Lord, Ezekiel, the prophecies. And God, we thank you that your word is true and we understand your plan, God, for the future, for what's going to happen in the end times, as we've been talking a lot about even on Sundays. Uh, And Lord, tonight we just want to come to you and pray, pray for Israel. We want to pray for um, the nation and the people there, everything that's going on, God. We also want to pray for, gosh, our, our own family and friends and, and people we work with people that don't know you, God, because it's very real. We believe your word. We believe prophecy is coming to pass and has come to pass. Just to see the nation of Israel, a, a sovereign entity, a nation now, God, Lord, you you've done that and just that alone speaks so much of how true your word is and so god we just want to come to you as a body and lift up our prayers but i i also want to say thank you god for being our true god thank you for your word being so true and god it helps me to see prophecy being fulfilled helps me to know that your the promises you have for me are true too and you will lord you will hold to your word, God, and you will do what you say, even in my life. So, God, I, we just come to you right now. We want to intercede. We want to praise you. We want to worship you, God. We want to um, just plead with you for those who need Jesus Christ, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.